Wow, thank you. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Come on. Let's give him a great, great big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Come on, let's do it like you really mean it now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's just stretch up our hands to heaven right now, right standing up on our feet. Say, Father God, speak to me. Help this guy. Speak good. Minister to my heart. Hey, God, my answer is yes to whatever you ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on now. Wow, you can be seated. Um, so cool to be with you all. You all are great people. And I think sometimes when you're in an environment like this, uh, it's so easy to take it for granted because it, you have it so good. You really do. You have it great. I mean, this is just a great, great place. And I just love each and every one of you. And thank you again for the privilege of being here with you tonight. This is just such an honor and a privilege. My wife would be here with me. But she is, uh, she's in charge of two things at our church, in charge of a lot of things, but two of them, um, she's basically works full-time there uh, in the accounting department, in our HR department, and like, if she's not there, nobody counts the money, you know what I'm saying? Like, so she, the beginning of the first of the year, she's doing, there's a lot to do, and trying to get us closed up from last year and into this, so just with a short week, she couldn't come, but she sends her love. And she, uh, she wishes she could be with me because she digs me so bad and she can't live without me. Just saying. And, uh, but she made it these couple days. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And uh, where's, where's the worship leader, David? Where's you at? I, and I, said, I told you, man, like, I told him right before he started, I said, listen, you give me that worship leader nod. I'm ready to jump in and lead some worship tonight. Now, I don't know if you all know this, but the worship leaders, they got this nod. You know what I mean? Pastors and, and people who run a service, they, they know it. Worship leaders are just going, and they get the nod. <laughs> now, I was watching him real close, and at one time, he opened his eyes, and he looked at me, and I'm like, he's going to give me the nod. And he just looked at me and closed his eyes and kept worshiping. Right there. Just, and I know what he was thinking. That was not the nod. That was not the nod. That was not the nod. I was just messing with you. Y'all did a great job, and the worship team was just totally awesome. Off the charts, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so, so good. And uh, wow, um, just all the people here serving. I just love being here. I tell you, if I lived in, in Crown Point, I'd go to this church. Come on, somebody. I would. And, um, but I'm in Pittsburgh. Come on, somebody. How you like the weather out there? Yeah, it's like that everywhere I go. <laughs> Just kidding. Usually it's raining where I go. Come on. Well, here's a picture of my fam. Do you got that picture of my fam here? There they are. This was uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, three girls um, live all in Pittsburgh. My, my uh, two sons live out on the left coast, and uh, they made it home for Pittsburgh. We haven't been together for three years, and this was us at Christmas and just having a great, great time together. Uh, it was, uh, we had five days where we just, you know, packed every day, and, and they're all in their 20s, and they like staying up really late, and um, I'm telling you, after they left on Wednesday, the house got quiet, and I just laid down. My wife says, what, what are you going to do? I said, I don't want to eat. I don't want to, I just want to just lay here. So that's what we did. So but that's, that's them. I just want to let you know they really do exist, and um, they really, that's them, and um, just so blessed and just so, so many ways. Awesome, 
Awesome, awesome. How many of y'all have just been enjoying these last couple of days? Come on, I have been. This has just been so good. And, uh, and um, I just am so impressed so many people came out tonight. Um, either you really love Jesus or you've never heard of Netflix, one or the other. I'm just telling you right now. I just really believe y'all just love Jesus. Isn't it crazy how, um, how you can be so like... Um, totally love with Jesus, and, uh, but be so desperate for so much more. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, I've just been thinking about this. Like, how can you be just so, like, radically bonkers for God, but, um, but you want so much more of his presence and power? And I'm just going to be me tonight, because that's the only person I know how to be. I tried to be other people, and I just don't do it real well. I'm just going to be me. How many of y'all really want to be like Jesus? How many of y'all want to relate to Jesus? For those of you that want to relate to Jesus, there's a couple statements. We don't preach with a lot of, I mean, I'm not saying we never preach them, but like we don't preach them with a lot of like fire and like, come on, be like Jesus, and One of those statements is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Nobody likes preaching about that one. We're like, like, be like Jesus. How about when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's like, he's about to go to the cross. And he, he, there's a statement right there that is like, so deep, I mean, it's like, God, like, basically, it's like, I'd really like not to go to the cross. That's my interpretation of it. Like, he knows what's waiting him suffering. One of the most cruelest, horrible, miserable deaths known to man. But he says, not my will, but yours be done. And may I suggest to you, if you're really going to be a follower of Jesus, that those two statements are eventually going to come out of your mouth. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, God. And there's going to become a moment where you become forsaken by God. I'm not prophesying evil to you. I'm just telling you, if you want to be like Jesus, let's get used to all of his statements. Let's not just pick out the few that we like. I like Jesus, the, the, the table turner over. But the, the, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, mm-mm. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, everything I say for the rest of the night is going to come out of these two verses right here. This is the Apostle Paul. Each time, Paul's pleading with God, let this, he's going through something, struggles, and he's pleading with God to take it away from him. He's pleading at this point, God, take this away, take this away. He says, my grace is all that you need. My power works 
best in weakness. This is so counterintuitive to who we are. This is the Apostle Paul. Come on, three times I'm pleading with God. Take this away, take this away, take this away. It was a physical element. And it's like each time God says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Ah, how many of y'all like that one? That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is just so counterintuitive. This, is, this messes with our psyche, doesn't it? Come on. Because most of us are approaching God and we're approaching Sunday morning like a job interview. How do you impress the creator of the universe? No, seriously, most of us are trying to impress God. Nobody, nobody likes to boast in their weaknesses. Hey, let me brag about how weak I am today. Now listen, there's a difference between boasting in your weaknesses that the power of God could be perfected in glorifying your weakness. Most people like to glorify their weakness. Mm -mm. That's not what he's saying here. Most people like to glorify how bad it is or glorify their problems. That's not what Paul's saying here. What he's saying is, is that I'm gonna, I'm gonna boast about how weak I am because I'm really boasting about the power of Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference. So I am not gonna glorify my problem. I'm not gonna glorify my issue. I'm not gonna glorify my hardship. I'm gonna glorify the God who gets me through it. Um, January 2017, I um, right at the beginning of the year, I was very active, playing tennis several times a week, exercising pretty decent shape, life was good, church was good. Walking out of a restaurant just like that, no problems, I immediately couldn't move my right leg. Boom. I literally laid on the back of cars in the parking lot because I couldn't get to my vehicle because I literally couldn't move. Finally, I made it to my vehicle and somehow I managed to drive home. This was early January. January 1st, 2017, I ended up in the emergency room. They says, oh, you, you sprained your leg. I'm like, man, this is one bad sprain for not doing anything. On January 9th of that year, found out I had a herniated disc, and I lost all the nerves to my right leg. So I had surgery. They said this will be no problem. Simple surgery, in, out, done. You'll be up and running in... Six months, you'll be back playing tennis, you'll be running. I think it's the kind of six months God has. You know, one day is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. I mean, it's like. So I'm like, okay, you gotta do what you gotta do. I lost everything, no, no reflexes, nothing. So went to the hospital, got it done, got home. 
even after that, and things didn't go so well. All I did was basically sit on the couch for weeks and weeks on end. I couldn't make, I was using a walker at the time. Because my nerves didn't come back after they they did the surgery. So here I am using a walker. I'm 52 years old. I'm like, come on. What's up with this? So I'm just trucking through life, and a, a, a month later, I herniate my left side, and my left leg goes down. I'm like, hey, God, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've been very faithful. How many of y'all have had those conversations? Hey, God, I don't know if you know this or not, I've never missed a tithe. Check the records. Hey, God, I go to church, and I'm actually happy about it. Come on, you do the same thing. I'm not like, we do it. So I'm going through this time, and it's miserable, it's horrible. And, and then I herniate the other side, and they said, we really can't do anything about that. You're just going to have to work through it. And I'm, I'm not making progress. Walker, even to go up two steps, I could get to church eventually and preach, but that's all I could do. Somebody would have to help me up two steps, and I would sit down like this, and I would preach. Of course, I don't remember what I was preaching, but I preached. At least I think I preached. <laughs> I did. And it was good. Because <laughs> it was the grace of God. I mean, that's all I did was preach. Come on. It's, I, I could get, and I could go home and lay back down. That was it. My, I'd go to the grocery store with my wife. She, she let me eventually go to the store with her. It, but I had to hold the buggy. You know how like, you do with your kids? Hold the buggy. Don't let go of the buggy. You can let go of this buggy. Jesus is going to come back. <laughs> so I'd hold the buggy. She wouldn't even let me hold the back because I'd lean and it would, it would roll. So I had to hold the side. Literally, this is all I could do. It was, a big, it was a big event to go to the grocery store. Of course, I couldn't lift anything. I was that guy that walked to the car and watched his wife empty, put all the groceries in the car. After a while, I thought, everybody here thinks I'm a real jerk. So I said, could you wait a minute? And I would shuffle to the front, get in the car, and lay back so nobody could see me. <laughs> True story. I would, because I didn't want anybody to see me. I was that guy I made fun of. Jerk, can't even help his wife empty the groceries in the car. I did. Then one day, I was in the grocery store, and it happened. A breakthrough moment, my wife says, okay, you feeling good? I says, yeah, but my legs could barely hold me. I was barely walking. I could just make it in and out. She goes, okay. I couldn't lift a lot. So she goes, here's your assignment. I go, what? She goes, go find the chapstick. <laughs> I, I got this. And I brought back the chapstick. <laughs> 
No, I was put in the... She knew how to build me up. <laughs> you know, when you get your nerves all involved, it affects your whole body. One night I got up in the middle of the night and, and I just, I had to empty my bladder. This is gonna get awkward, but it's okay. And I made it, got up and I needed, needed help. So I reached over to my wife in bed. I said, baby, baby. I said, I need help. But when I, I, I was waking her, I reached down and the bed was all wet. And at 52, I became a bedwetter. And then I had to wake up my wife and tell her what just happened. Did you ever try to hide something but you can't? And so I woke her up and said, honey, we have a problem. She jumped up, she goes, what? I go, my nerves, everything's going wrong. My whole body's falling apart. This is, and I said, I had an accident. I wet the whole bed. She goes, okay. She says, we can fix it. And this is, this is fixed. And so she's like, okay, we got it. And I could barely stand, I could barely do anything. This is months into it. And, 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 and I says, okay. And then she goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I'm wet too. She just soaked me. And like, and in the middle of the night, we just started laughing hysterically. Yeah. There's, a, there's a reason I'm telling you this. You know, when things are, are, are going really wrong, don't take yourself so serious. Some of y'all just heard God right there. No, I'm serious. I'm trying to help you. Like, like, like we just start laughing hysterically. Like, because what else are you going to do? Cry? It's, crying is not going to solve it, so we start laughing. And we just laughed hysterically. And then she says, just please tell me I don't have to, I don't have to help you into the shower and get cleaned up right now. Because she goes, I can't do it. And she's laughing. But what I'm trying to say is like when, when things are going crazy and things are breaking down and things that aren't going right, don't take yourself so serious. Like getting mad is going to solve it. How many times have you getting mad solved the problem? Zero. You good? And so... So I made it to church one day. We we're having healing service, and, and I'm, I couldn't even raise my hands at this point. I'm so weak, months into it. And I remember the day I prayed. Everybody prayed. I'm like, we're praying for healing. And I couldn't even lift my hands. And, and literally something happened, and I could lift my hands. And it was like, I could lift my hands again. And then like in that moment of, wow, I'm able to worship. It was like, I immediately start going, yeah, but my legs need healed. Come on, we do that. Like, wait a minute, like, hey, God, I'm happy about this, but did you forget about my legs? Come on, we do that. God gives you a a little bit of a breakthrough, but we're not happy with it because it's not what we want. 
May I suggest to you that faith is not faith until you ask God for something and you don't get it, but you could still trust him anyhow. Is that tension? Is that tension right there? Yeah, because we're taught that faith should give you everything you want. No, faith sustains me through these times. And so literally I just was, I became a worshiper again. And I was just so happy. And one day, shortly thereafter, I was home by myself because I spent a lot of time by myself. And it was it's months into it, and I'm just able to move a little bit. And I remember the day I just stood up, and I'm worshiping, and I'm talking to God because I'm all alone. And many of you feel so all alone. And maybe that feeling of being all alone is God's invitation to go and be alone with him. But that's not what we want, right? And I remember the day I stood up, I could barely move, I could worship, and I was just worshiping God. And I came to a revelation, and I just said to God in that moment, I said, God, if you, I really want to be healed, and I want to walk, and I want to run, and I want to do everything you've called me to do, but if you never heal me, I am still going to be a worshiper, and I'm going to honor you, and love you, and serve you all the days of my life. Now, that may not seem like much to you, but at that moment in my life, it was a breakthrough. And what some people here tonight, I don't know what you're going through, but you gotta come to a desperation and a determination that no matter what happens, I am going to be a worshiper, I'm gonna be a lover of God, I'm gonna be an honorer of God, I'm gonna, I'm, it's, it's a privilege to be his son, and that's what I'm gonna be no matter what. That, my friends, is a breakthrough. That's saying that I may not have everything I want, but God is everything I need, and I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with him. You good? So in the midst of all this, I'm telling you, um, I'd go to the doctor, and, uh, and I was, uh, I was uh, take, taking a lot of pain medication. Just became a part of my life just to get through the day. You know, there's a, there's a problem when you go to the doctor and you say, doctor, I'm, I, I, I'm worried. I'm taking a lot of this pain medication. I'd like to get off of it. And he looks at you and says, okay, I'll order you a hundred and some more. That's a problem. So I just got used to taking it. It just became a part of my life. Father's Day 2017, my kids come over. I'm not even, I can't cut the grass. I still can't lift. I can't do things I want to do. It's six months in and it, there's no sign of change here. And I remember sitting there with my kids on Father's Day and, and the three girls were there. The boys were, weren't even home. And, and I just said, God, something got to change. Something got to change. At some point, you've got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I says, God, I don't want to take this pain stuff anymore. And I was on two different things. And so I says, I'm done. I looked at my wife and I says, baby, I'm done with that. I'm done with it. 
And I went through a really, really horrible, horrible week of, of getting my body not used to that anymore. It was horrible. I mean, couldn't lift my head. I was nauseated. I couldn't even open the curtains. But it was the power of God working through me. Because I know I couldn't do it on my own. Finally, I got moving enough where in August of that year, I could walk one mile, but it would take me 44 minutes. You don't have to be a mathematician to say that's not real fast. (laughs) You don't have to be a runner to say that was a lot of breaks. Literally, I I could do it, but I could barely. But I just said, God, you're going to have to help me. So I just, step by step, Day by day, I went through a lot of other issues there. See, in moments like this in our life, I was thinking God is testing my love for him. This is a logical conclusion, right? You're testing, will I trust you, God? And that's what I thought God was doing. He was testing me, will I trust God? And so I'm going through this thinking, okay, this is a test, and I'm gonna keep trusting God. I will worship you, I will praise you, I will honor you, I will do these things. And all of a sudden, God flipped the script on me. And God flipped the script, and he said to me, I, this isn't, Rick, this isn't a test of you trusting me. God said to me, I'm seeing if I can trust God you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) No, see, it it, it flipped on me because God's saying, no, 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 no. I want to give you more of me, but I can't give you more of me until I can trust you. And every time you are going through a situation and a problem, just maybe God is finding and looking for somebody he can trust with more. That's a change of mindset, right? That's a breakthrough that I wouldn't have gotten unless I was in that situation. See, so many of us get into situations with God and we're saying, God, get me out of this situation and stop saying, God, get me out of it and start saying, God, what am I supposed to get out of this? Stop saying, God, get me out of this, get me out of this. And no, it's the very thing that God is using to drive us to our knees and saying, listen, I want you to get something out of this. I'm trying to get something into you, and this is my way of doing it right now for you to see my perfect will, my perfect way. See, little did I know that through my weakest time, we were a church with three locations at the beginning of 2017. We were hoping to launch our fourth location at the end of 2017. Little did I know God was setting me up and we didn't just launch one more. There was another existing location that jumped, or church that jumped in with us and we went from three locations to five locations. 
See, all this time, God was working, can I trust you? Can I work my way unto you? Can you see, Rick, that I'm gonna do something through your situation that you can't get credit for? Because I was at my weakest, but God was at his best. But I am not going to glorify my problem. I'm going to glorify the God who sustains me. Big difference. Are you hearing it? Are you hearing the difference now? That was a huge breakthrough for me. God was setting me up all the time. God's setting you up. Come on, when when you're going through a tough situation, this is what I tell people all the time. When you're going through a tough situation, I look at people and say, God must really trust you. Because of all the people on the planet, you're the only one that's going through that. Wow. Right? So here, October comes, and I'm barely moving, but I noticed I was short of breath all the time. Real short of breath. And I, 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 can, I can walk a, a flight of stairs towards the fall, towards October 2017, but I still could barely make it. I mean, I'm barely... I'd have to sit down, and I couldn't breathe, and I just, nothing was working. Finally, I kept telling every doctor, I can't breathe right. Something's wrong. Oh, you're just out of shape. Well, I've probably been out of shape for years, and this hasn't happened. Come on. You know, it's like, and so finally one doctor said, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll get an x-ray. A long story short, after several visits, and this was right when the Band of Brothers conference came, I was supposed to preach at the Band of Brothers that year. I was getting ready to go, and they says, you can't leave the city. You can't leave anywhere. You got to get down to the doctors right now. I'm like, oh, come on. Is it ever going to end? So I went, found out that when I had my surgery, they damaged my nerves and my diaphragm on my right side stopped working. I only had 50% of my lung on the right side. And I'm like, what? And they said, yeah. They told me at that time, this was 10 months into it, if it doesn't come back within 12 months, it's gone. You'll never have it. And I'm like, what? What? I'm telling you this, when you start losing your breath, you start counting them real clear because every breath matters. And some people here tonight, you've been living life like your breath doesn't matter, your breathing doesn't matter. And I'm telling you, God, God has them numbered. You better use them wisely. I'm trying to help you. So I'm like, okay, God, wow. So in the process, I was able to start walking towards the end of the year, towards uh, towards Christmas 2017. I'm gonna tell you, I am so proud. I became a mall walker. Silver sneakers, come on. I'm not bragging, but I was the youngest one there by at least a decade. So every morning, I, I, you understand, this was, I was so excited to walk. I'd have walked anywhere, but it was cold, so I, had to, I went to the mall, and I literally became a mall walker. How you doing? I didn't start off being the fastest one there. <laughs> Because, you know, I was still doing a mile at 44 minutes. That's not real good. It took, me set, it took me months and months. But I finally, because I was a mall walker and I was faithful, because I was willing to humble myself and do the little things again 
Did you catch that? Some people here, you gotta be willing to humble yourself and do the little things again. You gotta be willing to humble yourself and learn to walk again. You gotta humble yourself and maybe associate with some people that you don't want to associate with, but it'll do you good again. Come on, are you hearing God? I'm prophesying to you. But I, I, I then, after, after a couple months, I got out walking, then I was able to I walk three miles in 44 minutes. Now I still had problems. I'm, I, I, Vern, I still don't have any nerves in my right knee. I gotta be real, real careful. My right knee will give on me. And my, I'm always burning here. Got, got a little bit of inflammation and pain. Gotta be, gotta be careful. But I'm gonna serve Jesus, come on. Yeah. And um, April, this, April of 2018, not this year, 2018, I went back to the doctor and they said, uh, I said, how are my lungs? And they said, no improvement. Well, we're after the 12-month time. And they says, well, we'll keep monitoring you. Come back in six months. It, it, it's okay. And I was able this past summer to start playing tennis again. And not up to where I was playing before, but I could hit. when I first started going out there, I could stand in one place and hit. And my wife would, would come and she would hit to me, and I'd say, baby, you gotta hit it to me. I can't move, baby, right here. This is where I live, right here, baby. This is where I live. This is where I live. That's all I could do, literally. I was in one place. And then when, when after I'd, I'd miss maybe two dozen balls, I'd say, hey, baby, you gotta pick those up because I can't bend over. I'm just telling you that. So she would pick them up, put them, carry them back over and hit them back to me. But this past summer, I was able to, able to play again. But I was still so short of breath, I couldn't, couldn't play much. I would get so dizzy, I couldn't see the ball. And, um, and, uh, had a rough time, but uh, October this past year, went back to the doctor, expected the same. Went back to the doctor, did the regular tests, and did everything, did the whole realm, looking at my lung, my diaphragm wasn't functioning, but I, could, I was feeling better. And I, he went, and see, my, I, I kept telling everybody, my lungs are healed, they just haven't been notified yet. <laughs> There's stuff wrong with you, it, they, they just haven't been notified yet. Right? Y'all with me? Well, in October of last year, the doctor looked at everything. The very same doctor that told me it, they'll, they'll never work again. This is as good as it's going to get. Said, you aren't going to believe this, but your, your lungs are working again. I'm like, what? That's what he said. Now, one doctor said, it's just short of a miracle. I don't know how you get just short of a miracle. I'm not sure how that works. I, can anybody say, explain to me how you get short of a miracle? I don't know. But the same doctor, he looked at me and he smiled. He said, they're working. This is amazing. He goes, your, your lung volume. And he goes, it, 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 your, lung, your nerves are working again. He goes, I knew this would happen all the time. I said, hey, doc, that's funny. That's not what I remember you saying. <laughs> just, and he goes, no, I, 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 I knew it was going to happen. I mean, you have a funny way of showing it. Let me tell you that. Let me guess. You don't score high in encouragement. Let me just tell you that. I just let me, let me just shoot from the hip. Okay, three things I kept learning here. Three things. We good? We we we. 
And uh, three things I learned. If you want to get through, if you want to boast about the power of God, you have to have a faith in God. There's an ancient symbol. One of the first symbols of faith was an anchor. An anchor. You've got to have an anchor in your life that you can throw down in times, throw out of the boat in times when times get stormy and rough. If it wasn't for everything I went through, my faith would not be what it is today. I can tell you today, even with still some struggles and problems, I wouldn't trade all the issues that have gone on in my life for anything. Because God was doing a work inside my heart. So you gotta have faith. Next thing you gotta have is others. Everybody say faith. Faith. Now say others. You gotta have people that love you enough to help you through. No, you gotta have people in your life. If you don't have people in your life, you're never gonna make it. That's what what you you were saying here. You gotta get connected. If you're not connected, Oh, man. And the last thing, revelation is, is that God uses weak people. Do you know what I realize more and more? We don't have strengths and weaknesses. We have weaknesses and more weaknesses. That's what we have. Let me just give you a few other thoughts. Um, When you can't see God's hand of provision, trust his heart. When you can't see his hand, when you ask him, you can't see his hand. When you can't see that new job, when you can't see that child repenting and coming back to God, when you can't see your spouse change, when you can't see your healing, when you can't see his hand, trust that his heart's good. I just kept trusting that my God is good all the time. And even though I still have some hiccups and still have some issues, my God's good. Come on. Trust his heart. Most of, how many of y'all would like more of the glory of God in your life? If you want more of the glory of God in your life, be careful. Because what you're really asking for is for God to test your character. Glory means weight. It means heavy. It means weight. So God can't give his glory to people that don't have character because character is what supports the glory. And so God has to test your character and let it be proven so that he can give you more glory, more of his presence and power. So if you want more of the presence and power of God, what you're really saying, God, I want more of your presence and power. You know, the ugly cry. What you're really saying is, test my character. And God's looking for people he can trust. I'm just giving you random things. We good? We also, am I right? Um, we all good? Better than Netflix. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Psalms. 
The Psalms are just so filled. I could read so many Psalms that just spoke to my heart through this time. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed that Psalms are like Hallmark movies? <laughs> Come on, Aaron. It all starts off with like something bad, like something's not right, something isn't good, and then there's like despair, there's a tension, right? There's a tension. And then all of a sudden at the end, everything works out. <laughs> read the Psalms, they're like that. Come on, read them, right? Like, there's, a, there's a, like, oh God, why? And how come? And why are you testing me? And what's going on? And then right at the, at the end, like the last couple of verses are like, but I will trust you and obey. Come on, like, like Hallmark. Come on, this past Christmas I did some Hallmark. I'm not afraid to say it, I, I cried. I shed a few tears. I watched three and a half Hallmarks. I had to go out one day. I, I was watching it, I got hooked. So I'm watching it, like, like, like there's gonna be a different ending. They're like the psalm. Every psalm has the same ending. Trust God. Like, come on. No matter what you're going through, trust him. But then, so I'm hooked, and I'm watching. And I had a tennis match with somebody, and I'm like, and my, and my wife's like, don't you need to leave? I said, I, I go, it's called December Bride. I don't know if she's getting married this December or next December. And I'm serious. I was like, and I'm like, I'm watching. And I'm like, what? I'm like, And she goes, you need to leave. I go, I know, but I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and finally I says, will you do me a favor? She says, what? And I said, will you watch the rest of this for me? <laughs> she said, are you serious? I said, I'm serious. <laughs> so she did. She watched it. And so I couldn't wait to get home. I bust in the door. Didn't care who won the tennis match. I said, when did she get married? This December or next December? <laughs> she said, this December. I said, Wow, come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. This is, but this is how most of us do it with God. We're like, what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen. You're gonna go through a struggle. You're gonna find him. He's gonna work his way into you. And the end of it, you're gonna say, I'm so much better off now. Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even get to this past year. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna speed through this. 2018. One of the worst years in the ministry ever. <laughs> and you wonder why I like Hallmark. Come on, somebody. I heard there's a new Hallmark coming out every Saturday this, of January. Isn't it weird that I would know that? Come on, isn't that weird? That's like, are you? Oh, I wish I, wish I could stay tomorrow. If I could stay tomorrow, we would sit and watch it together. I would cry. Oh, I can't stay. I gotta call. Maybe I'll call Natalie and ask her. To stay. Um, okay, it was a hard year. Went through a lot of problems, a lot of pain, emotionally. 
everything that I went through physically, I thought that was it, and God says, oh no. Now I gotta test you emotionally and spiritually. Gee, thanks. Uh, it, it, got, it got painful. Leaders, good friends, I felt like, like hurt me bad. I mean, really bad. Isn't it amazing that when you go through a struggle, you want to revert to your old behavior? Yeah, I did. There's strongholds. I was running back. And um, I remember sitting with Pastor Keith Tusey, who lives in Pittsburgh. He, st- he founded the church that I'm the pastor of now. And I immediately called him and said, we, if you're in town, we got to talk, we got to meet. And I drove to meet him. He goes, absolutely, tomorrow morning, be there. And I sat down, and I just said, listen, man, I'm not doing well. I'm not well at all, man. I mean, I go through all this stuff physically, and I'm going through the worst time of my life emotionally, and I'm, be- I'm becoming, um, what would you say, unraveled? I, would, I didn't use that word, but that, I'm just giving you the picture because it's in this moment now. And, um, and, and I was just horrible, man, and I just told him everything, and that's why I say that if you don't have others in your life, but you don't need others to glorify your weakness. You need others to glorify God's power. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that because I'm not here tonight to glorify the problem. I'm going to glorify the power of God. Is that good? Am I, am I, is that coming across? Because if it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. Come on. And it was so bad this summer, I just said, God, if I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm serious. I'm like, I don't know if I can keep like pastoring. I'm just, maybe I'm done. Maybe my time has ended, you know? So I took two months and I just decided I'm just gonna pray and hear God. I told people what was going on. I didn't hide it. Shared with those closest to me. This is what I'm praying about. But they knew I was in a bad way. And um, it was at, towards the end of August and uh, I'll just, get through this and um it was I was on vacation up at Lake Erie nice place on the lake and we were having beautiful weather beautiful days and I am writing down how I'm going to exit the ministry and uh I wasn't mad wasn't I was going to stay a part of the church I was going to become a good usher I'm serious, and if anybody messed with the pastor, I was going to take them out. I was thinking these things. I was thinking, I'm going to raise money for the pastor, and they will have no needs, trust me. I will drive to people's homes. (laughs) These are the things I was like, I was actually thinking these things. (laughs) You need an usher? I'm like, I'm your man, man. No, I'm serious. This is what I was going through, but I said, God, I want to stay a part of the church. I'm not going to backslide. I, I, I want to, I, I, my prayer is that I could serve our church all the days of my life. That's what my prayer is. Say, so God, if you'll let me serve at this church, I'll think that would be the coolest thing, that I could leave a legacy. And we're five locations, and I'm believing, God, we can get to seven, and we can see other churches connected. I'm believing for that. Come on. And, um, but I was okay. And, and I don't know about you, and I'm not making a theological statement. I am just sharing with you 
my experience. So don't take what I'm about to say to you as theological. But every time I ask God, like I feel like God said, Rick, if you want to leave or you want to stay, I'll still love you. No, I believe in that statement. Right? And I felt like God said, you're, you're, you're free to go. See, several times in my life, God has spoken this to me. I'm like, okay. So we're, we're on vacation, and when you're on vacation, don't you really hate that day that it just pours down rain? I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here. It's like I paid for sunshine. Right? I paid for sunsets. I paid to eat. And it was a pouring down rain. I mean, all day rain. And so I just sat in a chair, and the whole the fam was there, and they were doing puzzles, and they're laughing. And I just said, well, I'm just going to sit here. But I woke up with a scripture on my heart, and it was about God's weakness. But then I just started talking to God, just sitting in a chair on a rainy day. You know, sometimes your rainiest days are your best days. Now, let me prophesy to you. I don't think you heard me. Sometimes in life, when you have bad days and it's rainy, they're your best days. I'm trying to help you. Because I was just weak, and I knew I, I was, it was like midweek, and I knew I was going to get home on Sunday. I was going to meet with all the guys. I knew what was going to happen. I was going to do this. And God's, God literally starts speaking to me and said, listen, and, and I knew I was free to go, but a long story short, God ignited my heart and showed me the Apostle Paul and everything he went through. And God just said, Rick, this is what you signed up for. <laughs> and a long story short, I just sat there all day long with my Bible open, just reading just reading, and it just came to life. And at the end of it, it wasn't that I was free to go. I was free to stay. And, and um, I became free to stay and free to be me again. And God spoke to me in the middle of that rainy day. He said, this is what I called you to. Get back to it. And... um. One more, one more story, and I'm going to be done. This past uh, October, when we were getting through things, and we went back, rolled up our sleeves, said, we're getting to work, come on. My wife told me, she goes, I, listen, I don't, whatever you say we're going to do, just decide, and I'm with you. I like a woman like that. Now, I'm saying, I'm saying honor, honorably. That's honoring. So I said, ba- baby, we're in it. Because we always decided we're, we're in it together. We always said, we don't have it all together, but we're all in it. Yep. And so um, I'm coming home from Band of Brothers Conference um, this last year, October. We're driving home, and we're driving home, and I called my wife. Hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, nothing, just went shopping. You know, oh, I'm going to be home at about quarter to six, six o'clock right in there. And, um, and she said, oh, I go, what's she doing? She goes, I'm cooking dinner. Now, all the guys out there, that's like, come on, somebody. Come on, guys. Where's my guys? Yeah. Like, you're on your way home. You've been away a few days. Come on. 
dinner. Come on. You guys, you, you're, not, you're not supporting me right now. You're not supporting me at all. They didn't support me. I, I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to help you, man. And I says, oh, well, cool. And she goes, um, she goes I'm making, um, she goes, I decided I'm making you uh, a New Year's Day dinner. Now, I don't know how you do it here. We typically on New Year's, sauerkraut, hot dogs, pork, kielbasa, all that, mashed potatoes. That's just very typical the way we grew up. And that's what we typically do in our house. That's just us. And I'm like, it's October. We don't do that until January. And I'm on the phone in the van, and she said, <laughs> she said, God says it's a new year for us. And I, and I remember that day. And she said, she goes, God says it's a new season in a new year, and our new year is starting today. So when you get home, we're going to have a New Year's Day celebration because we're moving forward. And that just... Uh, worship team, run back up here. All the worship team, come on down. And, um, and you know what some of y'all need? You need a New Year's Day celebration. And that day, we, I said, we'll call the, call the kids. And again, just our three girls live in Pittsburgh. I said, call them, get them over there. I think two of them came, and, and we had a New Year's Day, and we just talked about how good God was. We just spent today talking about how good God was. Even in the midst of our pain and our troubles, my wife prophesied into that moment. And she said, listen, listen this is a new year for you. This is a new year for us, and it's, our year starts now. And Eric, wouldn't you say that since October, it was like a new year? And then November hit, and December has been getting better and better. And so, can I just say to you, if you are not hungry for God, then you're probably full of yourself. I'm hungry for more of God, Pastor Ron. Because God's not done with us. And I shared all this, and remember those three points. You need a faith in God. Everybody say faith in God. You, you got to have others. Everybody say others. And then God uses weak people. Say that. How many of y'all qualify? I'm so honored that you allow me. This is what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get a response. I'm just going to lead you in a response. And I'm convinced that tonight you don't need me to lay my hands on you tonight. Now, if you want me to, and Pastor Ron says, I will stay here all night long. I just got to be at the airport about noon tomorrow, so I'll stay till noon. Because I'm a man under authority. I mean that. But what I want to create right now is a moment for you to take everything you're dealing with and every part of your being and every part of your life and lay it before God and you just say, God... Here I am, so come on, stand to your feet right now. And you're gonna, they're going to lead us in a song, and I'm not going to worship. You're going to lead it. I'm going to let you lead. How many of y'all think I should let David lead? Come on, there we go. I'm going to let you lead it. Okay, but, 
But if you give me that nod, I'm coming back up, okay? Come on, somebody. Okay, but this is what we're going to do. I want you to posture yourself. You're going to come up front. You are going to kneel down. You are going to posture yourself in a place of desperation. Then after this, and, and I'll turn it over and you can, but I just really feel this. Is this okay? Am I? So I want you to get out of your seats or kneel down, and I just want us to posture ourselves in desperation, saying, God, I am just desperate for you. And if you are not desperate for God, then you say, God, come on, I want to be desperate, and I want my desire. Come on, move right now. Move right now. Come on, move. Move. Get down. Get over. Get off to the side. Get in the front. Kneel down. Cry out. This is a moment for God, saying, God, I just want you. I just want you tonight, Lord God. Come on, just begin in your voice, saying, God, I want you. I don't want to get out of my situation. I want to get out of my situation what you want me to get out of right now. God, I'm not here to to be just sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I want to move forward. Come on, begin to let your voices cry out to God. And in this room right now, Father, there are a great group of people that are just just hungry for you and want nothing but you right now. So God, would you speak to each and every person in this room? They need help physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Come on, Father. You be daddy, we'll be your kids. In Jesus' name.